What's up, everybody? In today's action-packed episode, we talk about <laughs> whether Unji can use Gen Z slang and get away with it. Peter gets rejected by a bunch of senior citizens. And also, we answer the question, did Peter get caught jerking off by his mom? Find out all the answers to that and all your questions on today's episode of Two Kims, One Pod. Welcome back to Two Kims. One pod. One pod. I'm your host, Peter Kim. And I'm your other host, Unji Kim. And this week, we are back to you with another fun, fun episode. I can't wait to dive into it. Unji, there's so much to talk about. There really um, is. First of all, before we get into our first segment, I just have to scream about Chris Rock. Chris Rock this and Diplo. This Burning Man stuff is so crazy. Chris Rock and Diplo are got saved got rescued uh, by a fan's pickup truck at Burning Man. Now, if you don't know what's going on, Burning Man is has been completely washed out. If you yes. don't know what Burning Man is, good, <laughs> it good. is a, yeah, good for you. And secondly, it's a weekend, long weekend of basically like yes, rich long, yeah. hippies or rich like people acting like hippies, mm-hmm. creating this like makeshift town to all like, Basically be dirty and do art and like heterosexuals fucking each other in some kind of like funky orgy. It probably smells disgusting. My roommate from uh, San Francisco used to go every year and he was disgusting person. So I it's like peak caucasity. Mm -hmm. It is like it's Coachella times a thousand. You know what I mean? Like, think yeah. about that. And it's like, you have to, like, bring your... You have to barter. You have to bring your own water and food in. So, like... Because there's no commerce. So, it, the, the one of the big ethos and big mantras of Burning Man is that the playa provides. So, the place Correct. that they go is called the playa. And they simply barter. It's supposed to be this utopian sort of hippie ideal where um, money is not necessary. It's just simply about what people need and what you have and um, creating art. It is truly some of the most heinous hippie bullshit Disgusting. that is and it really is like I've, I've hung out with a fair amount of burners because i've been a druggy uh person same, same so you've i've interacted with a fair amount and especially in san francisco a fair amount of hippies and burners which is what they're yeah. called truly some yeah. of the most heinous human beings i've ever interacted with and it's all under the guise of mother earth mother gaia what she yes. wants everyone's pants are harem and patterned and mm. um so many white people with dreads like this Disgusting. is the energy of the place and it is honestly some of the most narcissistic people i've ever met in my life that only espouse um wellness and like bullshit hippie ideals um and for again uh, for a, a long a long weekend Absolutely. In the desert. That's it. And then they're oh, right back week. at their Google jobs. Yeah, Absolutely. Exactly. That's like 100%. the tech bro boom happened. You got it. Because I think before it was like a little bit more of like a hippie sort of utopian. It's very small. And back, um, ten, over 10 years ago, maybe. 20, 20. Yes. yes. 20 and there years are a lot ago, of yeah. old hippies. But again, I don't love hippies. So like I, I think I don't fuck with that energy. Dave Chappelle anyway. said it best. They have great ideas, but wash your feet. Yeah. Truly. <laughs> And, yeah. and I also, th- I just think that there's something about um, hippie ideals that are very narcissistic because it's anyone that is that involved with um, finding enlightenment, right? Like, 
even Bo- so Buddha, who found enlightenment, abandoned an entire fucking family. Like he had kids and a wife and he was like, you know what? I'm going to focus on me. And that is the energy. It's <laughs> yeah. so deeply narcissistic, self-serving because yes. it's. And if you think about a lot of the ideals in this hippiness, it's like self-love. So like everything is self-oriented. And this sort of like idea that in this place that it will suddenly become an organic whole when everyone is focused on self is like sort of this peak caucasity of it. Like, yeah. no, you know what I mean? Like, and it's easy to spout um, utopia when everyone is white and rich. Like, absolutely. Really. I mean, in the okay. last 10, 15 years, that like sort of well, thing is much co-opted. more. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's like a totally different thing now. But and, and like the with thing that there being is, said, yeah. that's why yeah. that's why it's so crazy that this has become a thing where Chris Rock and Diplo are hanging out together at this Burning Man festival and it got washed out. It's never been like this before. People are stuck. There's it's every, everything's muddy. People are stuck inside the mud. There's a whole thing there where like people just take bicycles around with little umbrellas because they're like, it's the desert and we just love to be organic and bipedal. And like, it's just like, now they can't even move because it's all mudded and disgusting. It's, it's horrific. It's also a very specific on. kind of mud because the playa yes. is inside of like a um, dried up river, a lake bed. So um, it's incredibly alkalized, which means it was like a saltwater lake mm-hmm. or whatever. So the clay is dangerous. It's like it's sticky and sticky. heavy and like crust. you cannot wash it up. You cannot wash no. it off. You have to use no. vinegar. You have to like chip it away. It's caked. Like, Caked. You cannot yeah. actually. It's not regular mud. It is special Burning Man stupid mud. Like even and that, which never occurs because it never rains. It never but, rains. But due to climate change, now Burning Man is becoming Drowning Man, and now they're stuck. And why is Chris Rock there? I don't understand why Chris Rock is there because Chris Rock has been the arbiter of outsider voice his entire career. Black men are like this. N-words are like this. Black, white people, different. Like, this is your whole career. And now you're coming to us at Burning Man with Diplo, the douchiest DJ. Like, why are we doing this? Why are you doing this, Chris Rock? Like, where, where, what are we doing? I have no context for anything anymore. Like, why? And it's just really upsetting to me. It is also a testament to like how psychedelics have really infiltrated the mainstream culture in such a way that like I'm 100 percent certain that Chris Rock is like engaging in some like like light psychedelic like he's taking mushrooms. He's doing this and he's He's like dirty hippie orgies. Absolutely. He's there for the hetero white girl sex. Oh, you think so? That's why? Of course. Why else would he be there? <laughs> he has a beautiful house in like a mansion in New Jersey. Yeah. Why are you stuck yeah, yeah. in the fucking mud? Like, ew, no. You're there way, for white pussy. I mean, truly. <laughs> You're there for dirty white pussy. <laughs> to go that far for dirty white to pussy? To go that that's- far? Bitch, you can go to Brooklyn. There's dirty yeah. white pussy in Brooklyn. Absolutely. And that's like, and that's dirt he's familiar with. It's not alkalized dirt. Like it's. No, it washes <laughs> off fast. You don't need a pickaxe to get rid of that. I mean, he did look really pretty, upsetting. It was wild because he looked relatively, because they had uh, apparently, because they're, um, because it's so muddy and the, um, so hard, like there have been no, um, no transports have been able to get in or out unless they're like because it has to dry and so people are just walking out 
because there are no cars coming in. So I guess they had walked five miles and then pitched yeah. a ride. I'm 100% sure they had to have paid so much money for this um, ride. No, they were fans. They were fans. They were like, yo, rock! And they picked him up. And of course, he's noticeable because he's literally the only man of color around. <laughs> I mean, I just, I'm, it's very upsetting for me that this like prolific just a, a, a philosophical um pinnacle of comedy yes is in the dirt in the literal mud and dirt with these fucking Disgustingly, like uh, they're like capitalist masquerading as communists. It's just like uh, I mean, also the uh, the hurt. The hurt, I think, is uh, particular for you because Chris Rock is one hundred percent a tentpole for you in your comedy. Yes, yes, he was seminal to me. Yeah, it's a betrayal. I watched him before Bigger and Blacker at the Comedy Cellar when I was a teen. It's this a is betrayal. like if, Dave, if I saw yes. Dave Attell at Burning yes. Man. Oh my God! He, you would never, never. see him. You would never. <laughs> <laughs> you would never. Not in your goddamn. Would you ever <laughs> catch my Dave Attell at Burning Man? I mean, so I guess that's like a part of it. Like going, if you guys listen to the Patreon at all, some of this is going back to it. Like. There is a level of integrity that we ask of these sort of like tentpole comedy people that may also be so, sort of unfair, but yeah, that's like the part of it that is very, it feels be, like it's a, betrayal. a betrayal of yeah. your promise to me yes. of who you are, what you stand for, what your thoughts Absolutely. are, what your takes are. None of your takes make sense now. Not anymore. Yeah. I can't, I can't listen to your comedy talking about the racial inequities of our society when you're hanging out with Diplo in the back of a fucking Ford 150 in a drowned out Burning Man situation. Like, no! And this is the the reason why we're going to stay true and real. You you guys never have to question our integrity because one, we never had any. And two... (laughs) From the get-go. From the get-go. So we're never promising you that. And then secondly, we'll never have enough money to betray anything. So that's actually why we stay humble for you guys. For you. This is for you. I could be Chris Rock if it wasn't for you. You We're staying humble. That's the money destroys. Uh, All right, guys. It's time to get into our highlights and lowlights of our weeks in a very special sexy segment called Rock Hard Tops and Soft Flaccid Bottoms. I'll start with my bottom this week. Okay. So as you all are aware, the strikes continue on. Both SAG-AFTRA and WJ strikes. It's like beyond WJ beyond. Like we're going up to 150 days now. It's crazy. It's really wild. It's fucked up. People are suffering, and um, I'm I'm suffering as well. I it's been a very like emotionally hard situation, especially being back in LA. I don't have as much stage time, so like I'm left, you know, twiddling my thumbs and like picking my asshole, waiting for someone to put me on their stage. Absolutely, it's a bad situation. I'm gonna say, and of course. I'm not writing, and that's on me. So <laughs> I'm. So now I'm here, um, like looking to get a job to f- to pay for rent. 
So yeah. I'm here like applying. I've applied to 11 jobs this week or in the last two weeks. I have been rejected from every single job saying, sorry, we're going someone else. Sorry, we're not continuing. Sorry, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I get it. You know, maybe I'm not the best candidate, whatever, you know, in these situations. I've been, you know, out of the tech world for a while. I'm playing for some tech jobs, some copywriting jobs. I'm just like doing as much as I can. And this week on Thursday, I got rejected from none other than the AARP. (gasps) Yes. To do what? To be a data analyst for fucking retired oldies. And they were like, "Hmm, no, I don't think so. And I'm like, bitch, you would be so lucky to fucking have me. All right. (laughs) Who the fuck do you think you are? You and your antiquated systems. I bet you're still using SQL, bitch. I got so mad. I was like, how dare you? You would be so lucky to have a young, spry, almost 41-year-old data analyst in your fucking employ. All right? AARP? Fuck out of here. I got so offended. I was like, this place of all places would love a young spirit near them. No? Absolutely. They said, you're not good enough. Sorry. Maybe you're like, like, too close to the age of the retirees. <laughs> They're like, uh, we only hire people who won't get sick. Yeah. In their 30s? Like, <laughs> circle back. So that was a um, pretty drastic bottom of the week being, um, I, you know, I really thought when I applied to the AARP. <laughs> that you were going to be my, working there. No, not only that, that they were going to be so thankful for my service, for what I can deliver for them. But... They had no interest whatsoever. And the fact that you, th- you thought that an employer was going to be grateful to you. For me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. <laughs> you we got into Peter the- Kim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Can't believe we got an out-of-work actor. Um, EGC yeah. alum? Yes. <laughs> Jeff Award nominee. Nom- Jeff, Jeff Award loser. Yeah. Let's get him on the horn. Anyway, um, the guy who oh got cut out of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, let's get him. Anyway, um, my top, though. <laughs> I would love, My top of I the would week. love for that yeah. to be the way you got introduced on Broad on Stage. A the guy man who got, got cut out of cut out of, your, cut out of his a favorite show, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Please welcome Peter Kim. <laughs> That's what we should all do. Like, <laughs> just what's your credit? I got cut out of Curb. Okay, I didn't win the a Jeff Award. I was nominated. <laughs> yeah, I was nominated and then lost. A Jeff Award. What's a Jeff Award? No worries. <laughs> it's like a Kids' uh, Choice Awards, but worse. Um, all right. Anyway, my bottom, I uh, my, my top, there's so many bottoms, but uh, my top of the week was a pretty good top, I will say. Ooh. Um, I... Uh, I talked about this on the Patreon. Go check out the Patreon. We spilled some tea. Uh, but I did really a show. Good tea. Really good tea. I'm going to get in trouble. My yeah. career's over. 
<laughs> but I um I did a show at this place called Largo at the Coronet. Um yeah. and it's a wonderful venue. Top comedians, alt comedy scene kind of like lives there. I did Pete Holmes, thank you, Pete Holmes. Um, his show and he was an amazing host. By the way, he did not tell me this, but I was running late to the show, okay. right? Because yeah. the show started at eight. I, I try to be there at seven thirty. Yeah. I'm gonna get there at seven fifty five. So I text Pete. And I'm like, uh-huh. hey, I'm so sorry, I'm stuck in traffic. I'll be there at seven fifty five. And he's like, no problem. And then I get there and he's like, hey, and I was like, I'm sorry, I'm so late. He was like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. You're not gonna go out for a while. I'm like, oh, can I see the lineup? And he, he shows me the lineup and I'm first. And I was like, oh, okay. And he was like, yeah, take a load off, like go smoke a cigarette if you smoke or whatever, yeah. like come back. And I was like, I'm a first. First, though. yeah. So they're like, the you know, the stage manager comes back and he's like, hey, Pete, five, five minutes. And I was like, uh, okay what the fuck what was he talking about so i start stretching yeah you know and i'm like getting into the mood i'm like all right i'm gonna go off first i have to like make sure to bring it blah blah, blah. Mm-hmm. pete goes on and he starts like doing you know his hosting whatever bit and he goes on and he goes on and then the owner Fla- flanny flanagan he's the owner of uh yeah. Largo, this <laughs> hilarious kind of like irish um irish dad with like a little like golf hat on and he's okay. wearing like, um, he's a character. He, he yeah. he's wearing like a lime green like little like outfit. Like he's just like cool and like loves comedy. Okay. He goes, I'm gonna fuck up this Irish accent, but he goes, Oh yeah, you better, sit down. <laughs> you better sit down, laddie, cause uh, he's gonna take a while. <laughs> what is happening? Why is I went, that your accent? I did I go Scottish? <laughs> No, you went. Sorry. You didn't go any. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing in the UK region. No, you went Ewok. Um, he said, oh, laddie, you, you might want to sit down, laddie. Whatever. And I go, um, oh, really? And he goes, yeah, he's going to be about 40 minutes. I go, what? He's he like, has a full set up top. He, says he's like, he said he's doing 20, but trust me, he's going to go 40. And I go, what? <laughs> and I sit there, Pete Holmes, at 25 minutes. I'm like, okay, he's going to bring it home. Mm-hmm. He starts into another bit, and the bit like starts killing and killing. And Pete is such a fucking pro. You can tell because he went out there cold. Yeah. And the full audience packed, mm-hmm. like 220. And he, he's like, all right, you guys are stiff. Like, let's warm yeah. you up. Let's get it up. And he's like warming the crowd up, and he's like bringing them to temp. Almost, you know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. you can see him like he's preheating. Them. He's preheating. Yeah, Hell yeah. yes, yes. He's yeah. warming up the oven, and then he gets his twenty-five mark, and now it's like rolling, right? So now with, he's baking. Fif- now he's baking, and in fifteen minutes, this bitch is in the broiler. The audience is like, like truly like a fucking concerto, like. I'm like, yeah. I'm truly like, you know how you yeah. and I, when we were on the East Coast, we were like, we fucking peaked at stand up New York. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> watching this man, I mean, albeit they're here for Pete Holmes living at Largo. So it's his show, yes. it's his audience. So, like, granted that. But he has them in his hand and like going nuts. Yeah. And they're rolling. And I'm starting to get worried, right? Because uh, I'm up 
after him, he's doing 40 minutes of the most killer material anyone's heard. Yeah. Right? And then he's like, and he leaves them like so loud. And he goes, all right, you ready for your first comic? (laughs) 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 And everyone's looking at me like Kumail's there. Um, This guy Malik from Canada was there. Very funny. Another guy, Byron. And they're all looking at me like, go kill it. I'm like, um, okay. And I go out there and they're like, yay. And Pete Holmes like gives me a big hug. And first joke out, I go, you know, because Pete is like 6'6". Six, six. Like, he's yeah. huge. And so he hugs me. And I go, give it up for Pete Holmes. Yeah, the only man in L.A. that makes me look look a little twink. Yeah. And then, like, no one laughs. What? This one gay in the uh, in the front row goes, pa, ha, 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 like this. Yeah. And then all the straights are like, bing, 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 bing. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then from there, I'm like, I gotta win them So I'm yeah. like Going into my jokes And okay. whatever Anyway The top was That I Not only did I do the show um, The guy Flanny The owner yeah. of Largo Loved it so much He was like Text me right now Give me your number i like to get you back On shows here With Sarah Silverman And other people And friends You know So like now I'm like You're in. in with the Largo. You're in. I'm in with the Largo. You're in. I got him yeah. a text. <laughs> so that was a huge top because I was feeling so crazy, like worried about not getting stage time and this and that yeah. and like not having any purpose. Oh. And then after doing that set, which was, by the way, not a 10. My set was like a 7.5 at most. Sure. Like truly. But he loved it and he want he wants to give me opportunity so i'm like yeah yes ma'am let's go and um so i mean it's that actually was a hard spot to be behind basically the headliner, the of, headliner the show. of the show and then to reset and then go into my groove like yes that was it was really hard yes but yeah and it took me like i did a 12 minute set it took me like six minutes to crack them absolutely Truly, yeah. like I, it was a huge reset of sort, and then yeah. I went back up and blow, and I finished um, strong. Um, but it was Ooh. it was hard, but I know it was very exciting. So that yeah. was my top. Okay, so that's incredible. You're in. That's so exciting. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh I needed gosh. an in. I needed a win. Yes. Um, my bottom is very... Okay, our tops and bottoms are very similar. Like, our, our oh. tops and bottoms, like, they would be fucking really uh, seamlessly. Like, they're the same size. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, height-wise. So, my <laughs> bottom is um, I have been... I like kind of fucked up. I have been accustomed to getting a few dates every month, like having my weekends booked out by clubs and I've gotten a little lazy. You know, usually I don't uh, depend on anybody and I'm just constantly, you know, pounding away. I, I, I set aside time to always book and I'm book. I book myself out every month. I, I, I'm always uh, I don't I very rarely have less than three shows a week. Just since whenever so um i fucked up and i'm looking at my september calendar and i'm realizing i have very very few shows what are we talking like four four shows total in september for the one a week i was freaking out so i start to grovel peter i start to send out Instagram messages to people I have never talked to in my life. Shows I don't oh. even know the name of. Oh, Just, bitch, I'm, I'm doing that I, every day in LA. <laughs> I, I, but I mean, like the level of groveling that I was doing and the 
panicked emails I'm sending to uh-huh. the Laugh Factory. Those, I mean, like truly like like embarrassing sort of things because I'm looking for sets in September. So it's like now. Yeah. People are you, booked through usually, November. You usually book a month ahead or how do Absolutely. you do it? Absolutely. A okay. month to two months, really. Uh-huh. And so because if you book out two months, those are like a higher um, quality shows. And then you fill mm. in with the other monthlies or weeklies that you can get. Right. Mm. Um, so I'm freaking out. I mean, the level of like I'm saying to you when I when I say that I'm following up on people almost within 24 hours, like I'm just circling back to this. I'm not letting people wait. Um, I'm pushing. And the level of groveling I'm having to do and the kinds of shows I'm having to put, try to put myself into humbling, humbling. Um, I'm not above doing any show, uh-huh. clearly, but yeah. um, it was humbling to have to try to get guest spots at this point because I'm not even doing 10 minute sets, 12 minute sets. You're nowhere going for near. fives? Absolutely. Oh, my God. Aren't Five you? to seven. Because I'm, I'm going to no. ignore that light. So like, no. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> they're like, all right, OJ, for your guest set, when should we light you? Three, four. You're like, light me at Five, seven. Seven. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll wrap up at ten. Ten. Because um, I don't know how to do a shorter set anymore. But I mean, like, truly- like fuck you, guest set. <laughs> I'm on the show, bitch. <laughs> Like, I mean, yeah, I'm the captain now vibes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, truly, the level of, I mean, it's just if you've ever scrambled to finish something like in school or whatever, like the panickiness that mm-hmm. I'm experiencing. And then I did book myself out. So I'm booked and I'm doing October. But like the panic I felt that yeah. was a bottom. Like I mm-hmm. also if I was a normal person, if I had any sort of like self-preservation i could have also taken this as a sign that maybe i should chill do mics and write a little bit instead of panicking Mm. and putting myself and injecting myself into situations and shows that i may necessarily don't i don't necessarily have to do it just in my mind so now i'm just gonna bomb these shows because i don't i don't want (laughs) i want to do these things and i want to still write and try new material so it's just like what am i doing you know, what is the and that realization for me, a bottom, like not only the groveling and the debasing and all the stuff, because secretly do love um, and then you get and off. Yeah. I, I do get off um, erect. And so but the other part is like, why do I need this like in this way? Mm. You know, because there are very there are smarter ways I could have gone about this. There are more um, self uh, like caring self-caring ways to have gone about this and that would have been not only more efficient but more um conducive to creating a better set for myself and i'm like Mm. in this grind 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 as opposed yeah as opposed to so that it was a bottom Uh, and i did chill at at a certain point i was like just adding shows because i was just so like i'd asked so many people and they're finally getting back to me after i had followed up with them three to four times you can't say no i I can't say no (laughs) so so like because at that point i'm like i have four shows september busy with a bunch of five minute sets Like on September 21st, doing like three fucking sets all over the city. You know what I mean? Like I'm wow, wow. so I'm try- I'm trying. I was but trying to uh, lean back that, on it. You're saying that the bottom is not just the groveling because you love the groveling, but yes. you, the fact that you realize that you're you 
that you were panicking because you didn't have sets and that ergo you only feel calm when you're booked up and that I couldn't let it be that I couldn't like have just been chill about it. It's the level of panic I experienced. Yeah, that was the bottom yeah. where I was just like, oh, what's going on? Like, what? Yeah. what? I'm worthless. Yeah. I'm worth that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that was the bottom. Where, That's like, hard, the- though. Like when I see I, I, my calendar, if my calendar is not full, I feel depressed depressed absolutely yeah i'm worthless and, and i'm not and talking yeah. about social calendar i could not no. give a fuck what those low boxes said about someone's birthday or hang. absolutely they better be shows and yeah. i'm compromising stuff like i'm and i'm yeah that's the bottom i'm compromising hangs i'm compromising relationships because i need to do this oh those and that's are the bottom, bottom those are bottom bottoms those are bottoms yeah so right. my top, give me your top is also is also a show <laughs> they're talking about this <laughs> but my top was doing um, a show in Chicago called Fly Honeys. And I don't know if you guys like outside of Chicago know what it is, but it is like a dance collective, a spontaneous creative collaboration between um, artists and dancers and singers. And like, it's so it's at Thalia Hall. Truly like ton of people. It is there's no way I could it's the show itself like my set went well but there's no way I couldn't have done well it's a psychotic situation the vibes are unmatched so the high is not actually my set crazy enough it was actually the show itself the vibes immaculate like I left inspired I left inspired because whoa that's crazy it really is to go do a set and feel inspired by the show, that rarely happens. Yeah, by the show, and like the the esprit de corps of the cast of Fly Honeys, like it's truly okay. Peter, have you ever been? No. Okay, so it is incredibly successful. They do it all week, so it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four nights, sold mm. like pretty much sold out a lot of the nights. Um, and Athalia Hall, like. I don't know, probably four or five hundred huge venue Um, because it's also standing. So it probably could do more. And aside from the balcony, if something like this was that successful in New York or L.A., these bitches would be trying to do it every month. They would be touring with it. It would be a goddamn thing. Mm -hmm. And instead, because it's Chicago, it's just once a year. It's just that one. It's once a year. Absolutely. Oh, It's like a festival. Yes. It's just once oh. a year. It's a special wow. fucking little thing. And they sometimes Aww. do little workshops or whatever, but they keep it special. They keep it small and they keep it utterly um, like lateral, like the hierarchy and stuff like that. It's just we are all together. We are all th- like it's so beautiful. There's a rotating mm. cast like it's it, it's so deeply inspiring, like as a creative person to see that not everything like our bottoms, like it, it's not about the cash. It's it's not about being booked. It's not about this hustle. It's like we are doing a goddamn thing. Something about us is this like the creative spirit. It is something to be nurtured. It is special. And especially in Chicago, it can stay that way. It doesn't have to be commoditized. Yeah. It doesn't have to become this thing that's psychotic and another uh, the, the, this insistence that it reaches another level and needs to do this like it is truly a, it was a perfect ratio of 
really being good, like like actually good. The dancing and the quality is high. And the cheesiness, like the right amount of like saccharine, like we're all together sort of vibes mm-hmm. of like feel good and like corny women, theater camp feels corner theater camp stuff. Like it's all a pr- and campiness and then everything is queer. Like it's all so it's an intoxicating ratio and concoction that like literally feels like it only be in this place with these people and that's what's special about it. Like my, it feels again, like it sounds like I've never been. I've never seen. I've yeah. only seen your pictures, and your yes. gold dress looked amazing. It Thank looks you. so good. Yes, um, yes, yes. Amazon twenty four dollars. I'm so glad you so, went with sorry. that one instead of yeah. the other one. <laughs> yes. Um, but it sounds like this was kind of like our um solution to Burning Man. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. In spirit. Absolutely. In spirit. Yes. 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 It is the antithesis of Chris Rock and Diplo getting stuck on an F-150 (laughs) hitchhiking out of the mud. This was like, (laughs) let's stay in the mud. Let's be queer. Let's be communal. Let's be happy. Let's be let's be fun. And none of it has to do anything with becoming bigger, better, stronger, whatever. Absolutely. It only exists in these four days. And that's the beauty of it. That's what Burning Man used to be. The effigy. That was that's what that was for. Take note. I mean, also, all the performers are paid well. Like, it's truly the it, it is like feels like a pinnacle of something like not in a um, like masculine way where it's like a uh, like mm. a, an erection, like reaching a peak. It feels mm. like you're full. Mm. Not you're not hitting a height. You're hitting like you're full inside. And mm. like, that's mm. a vibe. Like people have been coming to this like Burning Man, like for years and years, like they have grown. They used yeah. to be at the Chopin, then they went to the Den, and now they're a fucking Thalia Hall. Like it is, yeah, and it's crazy. once a year. There's no other. It's just happening inside this space only. The production wow. value very high. Like you're getting your money's worth. It's no people were some because it is expensive now because it's at Thalia, and um, no, I had uh, one of my friends went and she was balking a little bit at the ticket price, and she was like. Afterwards, you're like, you know what? Well worth it. No, no part of it felt what was like the price? $50 for GA. Oh, OK. Yeah. Not crazy. Not crazy. But not crazy. I, it, it does feel crazy for like something like for, this. For, yeah. Yeah. But also no one feels <laughs> left feeling like unfulfilled. Everyone leaves. I mean, audience members like I as a creative felt fulfilled. Audience members feel so fulfilled because they're a sp- part of this, making this thing as just mm-hmm. as important as the people on stage. It's truly a top in a way that was like, yes, I crushed, but there was no way I wouldn't have crushed. I could have stood on right, stage right. You were and taken a shit. Success. Absolutely. I took t- taken yeah. a shit and they would have been like, interesting. Like, go yeah. off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a queer icon. Yes, like truly. And it's that's why like if you if, imagine if we had that sort of environment to create in. <sighs> I, I, I can only it's imagine. dangerous. It's almost dangerous. I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that's my tab. Well, that, I'm so happy yeah, for you. That's Yeah, it was incredible. so great. Okay, you ready? For this week's um oh my gosh, you know what? I'm sorry, Peter. I actually heard um, someone at the door. Oh. I have to go get it. Okay. Go get Are you it. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Is this week's Tramalama? Ding dong! <laughs> Tramalama ding dong. 
Okay, so um, my trauma llama ding dong this week. Um, I thought of it while I was perusing my um, homosexual pornography on the internet, <laughs> and I came upon um, a link. <laughs> How old am I? I came upon like a little video on the gay porn hub, uh-huh. and it was of a man named Ken Riker. Now, for those of you uninitiated, Ken uh-huh. Riker is a late 80s, early 90s gay porn uh, heartthrob. Oh, okay. okay. He died actually recently, like around COVID times. And uh, so many, by the way, gay porn stars have died where like I have, I like know of them. They have aroused me. I have completed m- myself to them. Yes. And now they are ghosts. So like there's so many because like a lot of gay porn actors are in a bad situation. They're sure. yeah. drug addicted. They're criminals, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of like bad behavior <laughs> happening. But anyway, besides that, Ken Riker was this like early 90s guy. And the reason why I bring it up is because in the early 90s, I was a very closeted gay boy. And I um, had this I, I had dial up. As we most of us did in our generation, fourteen point yeah, four k. Yes, yes, AOL is the messenger. Yeah. So I logged on to my AOL, and my mom was very pissed because she had to make a phone call. And back then, kids, you couldn't dial the phone and be on the internet at the same time. No. So um, my mom like picked up the phone, and she heard like, and she put it down, and she goes, "Yeah, chonakuna." You know, like, get off the phone. I'm going to have to make a phone call. I'm like, all right, give me five minutes. And I said, give me five minutes because I was downloading a .jpeg of Ken Riker in his full nude glory, just sitting there, bare chest out, dick swinging out, and just, like, looking sultry, right? And, again, this is 14.4 days, so... There was no video of people no. having sex. It was literally a static JPEG yes. that you had to download. And it would Gee. download like this. They would be like, it would literally go yes. bar by bar. Yes, yes. And download, right? Yes. So I'm downloading. It's like, and I'm like, come on, come on, the nipple. Come on, get to the abs, get to the abs. And my mom's like, <laughs> like, all right, I'm not, hold on, hold on. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing homework. She's like, yeah, right. I'm like screaming back and forth. And I'm like, hurry up, hurry up. And it's like getting down to now his belly button. Ooh. He's an, yeah, he's an any. So I'm like, yes, yes. yes. you know, <laughs> I see hole. And he's like, <laughs> and then I'm like, hurry up. And it's like getting down to his penis. Right. And I'm like, come on, come on, come on. And then it's like almost there. And then my mom gets so frustrated at me. She bursts into the room and I'm so agile. Okay. Credit to me at that time. I take my mouse and I X out of the thing. Sure. Now. Okay. I've been for 30 minutes. I've been downloading this JPEG. Yeah. And that's how scared I was that I was like, I was almost at the penis and I X'd out of it. Of course. And I go, Ching, and I turn around, yeah. right? And I go, what? What's going on? And she's like, she looks at my screen, and I'm like, I closed out of it, so what is she looking at? She's like, yeah. what are you doing? And I'm like, <laughs> like I'm doing homework. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, and she closes the door, right? Like, 
crazy yeah. bastard. And she closes the door. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with her? And I turn around and it turns out that I, when I was saving the JPEG, I saved it as wallpaper. <gasps> so it saved on my computer background. <laughs> so there's like icons on my computer on the background and Ken Riker's dick is hanging out on my computer background. <laughs> And I turn around and I'm like, ah! <laughs> I was so shocked. I was like, oh my God. How could this have happened? And back then, this I'm using an i486. This is like early computer time. So I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I, I thought it was save as something, but it said I clicked save as wallpaper. <laughs> That's so, oh my! She didn't say anything ever to you again about it for sixteen it? years, until I came out to her. And then she mentioned it. She remembered. No, I no, I mentioned it to her. I was like, because my mom, when I came out to her, she was like, "What? What are you talking about? You, you're not gay." And I was like, "Okay, remember that one time you barged into my room and there was a naked man on my computer?" And she was like, "No." And I go, oh my God. So she didn't even see it. So for 16 years, I was toiling inside of myself thinking like, my mom knows I'm gay. She's on the computer. How am I going to come out to her? And I'm just like, I mean, the right click mouse, the right click menu. The right click. The right click menu truly this is the reason why millennials are do know technology a little better because yes. we we have we have a um, a relationship with the right click we have a relationship with the mouse we have a relationship with PCs and then we have a relationship with Apple IIe's we have a relationship 100%, we have, yes. and they're all different OS different. we, uh, we yes. have to learn and 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 these mistakes are a part of learning, learning. really really learning really learning so the trauma is not that my mom found caught me is that I assumed my mom caught me and I and turns out 16 years later she had no idea so I was carrying around that the shame weight. The, weight. the weight of that for so long oh my god anyway so I went back and clicked on this um, link of Ken Riker because I wanted to be like who was this man that I like had such a grip on my soul for so long and I watched his porn yeah and gotta say not great (laughs) (laughs) he never he has a huge dick but he never stays hard it's like curved down and he he's clearly like gay for pay so he's not like enjoying it that much he's just like oh yeah like being like bad acting and i'm like i can't believe this is what i struggled for for that long you know what i mean like this was it and and of course now at 41 i have so much perspective but at that time at as a 16 year old i was just like or 14 (sighs) i mean it's so i mean the thing is that kind of perspective like (laughs) 
that kind of perspective like where you realize like no one is no one is looking for you no one cares ain't nobody looking for you huh no one's looking for you but but so my trauma this week is very recent and it's like during pandemic but this is the thing even with age you do really learn no lessons like i we know this <laughs> but nothing has really stuck in my brain because no. like i uh, during pandemic i would only go to this one cafe because they had pick up and go in and they were all very good about masking and this is during the era where like you know during pandemic so much of our content interaction was only happening online Mm. so like i found myself as a 40 year old person 39 year old person really starting to take on a lot and like ingesting a lot of gen z content right like i'm seeing a lot of that like go off cap like whatever bullshit Mm. like bet like i'm seeing a lot of that kind of content content obviously i've never used it because i it's not for me of me or i don't even know how to really use it right um but i'm watching a lot of it and so i'm going to this cafe a lot peter i have i was friends with them by the way also they the people that worked at this cafe um there were identical twins there i did not realize they were identical twins they also to to be an identical How? twin, to be an adult identical twin, and to have the same haircut as well, and work at and the same work place. At the same place. No. What's your crazy. trauma? Exactly. What's going on, sir? So <laughs> it's oh, they were male. Absolutely. No, male twins are illegal. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. If you're male identical twin, prison. You got to go to. I'm sorry. The the, the law. It's Don't the pass law. go. Truly, it was like because I already find adult twins unnerving. So, like, I think it was I wasn't prepared for it. And also, this is the part of it. Like, because I didn't realize there were twins, I was engaging with and having half relationships with each of them. Oh, no. So every time I would have a relationship or a con- conversation with one and then they he didn't remember the next time I saw him, I started to take it to heart. I was like, well, what was wrong with the interaction me, that he, yeah. me, that he didn't yeah. remember this conversation where I thought oh, I was being no. pretty dazzling because, you know, it's during the pandemic. So I'm like really unleashing a lot of charisma at these people. Um, and I'm, they I, never worked at the same time. So you couldn't see them to get, oh my God. Well, at least, okay, pause for a second. At least these freaks didn't work the same shifts. That would be. <laughs> I would have, I would have, demonic. I would have lost my, I, demonic. I would have lost my mind. I really would have, I, I would have, I, I would have called the police. It would have been nine one one. Like I would truly, have a priest, hell bound. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you, priest, <laughs> rabbi, yeah. shaman, and police. <laughs> yes, witch doctor. Let's go. Clear let's the go. air. Truly, so I was also already in my head about this relationship because I didn't understand that there were like two different people, and right. I was having one relationship with both right. of them. Yeah, a half of one. <laughs> what half of one? Yeah. With, you know, like a trauma. Fit. Like I was just was so. Um, and what was I the just, relationship like? Were you friendly? Were you? I was so friendly. I was flirty. so friendly. What was like, the vibe? It just like full of like I was giving throwing a lot of charisma at them because. Charm. I, charm because yeah. there was no shows this is the middle of pandemic i'm really unleashing a lot of stuff at them and every time that he didn't recognize or remember a thing that i was trying to call back from the last time i had had would make you me spiral and right. then it would only spur oh me just God. and knowing me that would then spur me to have to double down and be even more charismatic at the next time yeah 
Which means like, your, your charisma is already at a 12, which is leaning into offense. But yes. now you're doubling up. So, yeah. Oof. It, it's a lot. I mean, through a mask, during the mask, because I'm just doing a lot of eye work. A lot <laughs> of eye work. And a your lot hands. of eyebrows. I'm like, gestures. Hands. I'm gesturing. Yes. I'm yeah. going, like, it's crazy. And I'm like, ha ha, I'm cackling. All of it. So oh finally, That's um, so embarrassing. it's so embarrassing, but it's not <laughs> the actual thing that happened that really, so he, we would like, he would like try to the same person, but they, but it was only one person in my mind. So he would always try to make different drinks, like surprise me in this. And like, this is how we're keeping things a little interesting during pandemic and blah, blah, blah. And he's like a true artist as a barista. Like I'm giving him his prop and giving respect to his craft. And um, one time I went with my f- uh, family for this walk and he was giving me a type of like hot cocoa that he had added some spice to or whatever. And he was like, so let me know what you think. And I took it. And at that point I took a sip and I looked at him, Peter, I lifted it up in the air and I was like, yo, this shit slaps. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) Like, he, he looks you at me should have like, been slapped Ash. Someone should have slapped you <laughs> he looks at me, he's Your like, mom should have came in and just slapped you in the face <laughs> With her sirepa Like <laughs> I mean like Even as it's coming out of my mouth I'm like what's happening You hated yourself oh, no, yeah, I, I, I've never said these I've never said this collection of words together before in my life And I'm never. talking about a, And I'm talking about a hot cocoa I'm talking about a hot yeah, cocoa uh... <laughs> Yo this shit this sla- shit sla- slap and i said it like crazy like that this, no this, this shit this shit so slaps, this shit slaps, slaps. Yeah. Like, like i couldn't have been i i should have i should have i should have crumbled oh, into salt no. into dust because yeah, i'm blown yeah. away you should have been like lot's wife turning around looking at gamora just a pillar of salt like truly I don't know what happened to me. It was just like, uh, you know, it, that was one of those moments where like inside oh. a pandemic, you understand you, we are broken. We are broken and we are all, and we all need to give each other, each other more grace. And it was truly one of those things where I'm like, how did he never, react? He went like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. And then backed away slowly. And I never went there again. Good. You should not. You shan't show your face. Not in that cafe. You should stop coffee for a while. Um, that is disgusting behavior. <laughs> I cannot believe. Like truly, I'm like. Wow. I'm not. I, I'm so sorry. I'll never. I'll never. I'll never describe something as slapping or being Liddy ever. Ever. This no. is just not me. It's, it was psychotic. But yeah, that that's it. Whew. The depths you will go to to try to engage. Absolutely. Or charm another human being that you think you know, Doesn't but like is actually their twin. <laughs> Shame on you. All right. Um, it's that time for, you know what, guys? If you have a trauma that you want to share with us, small or big, if it's funny, um, email us at twokimscomedy at gmail.com and maybe we'll just read it out on the pod. All right, thanks. Uh, That's it for that. And right now, it's time for our final segment in which we introduce something we're absolutely obsessed with. Sit back and... Bitch, get into it! This week, I am going to... This is for all dog owners out there. So my dog um, is a very 
verbal top, meaning he <laughs> he does call me a faggot. Now I. <laughs> Alex, you're gonna have to cut that out. Actually, leave it in. Who cares? Anyway, <laughs> leave it out. That's so no, crazy. No, no, leave it in. Leave it in. <laughs> oh my god. I might add that to a bit I've been doing lately about like being um, inappropriately horny. Um, <laughs> it's actually your dog. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not my dog. It's a it's a neighborhood pit bull. Okay. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Anyway, um. What was I saying? Oh, so my dog is very verbal. He (laughs) barks a lot, and he's not just barking to be like aggressive. It's like how Mm -hmm. he talks, how he greets anyone. But he is also very protective of our space. So, and we have a lot. I live in East LA, so there's a lot of like, they're not stray. They're just unleashed dogs. It's very what I hear is uh, apropos in Mexico Mm -hmm. where like you just let your dogs out and they roam and they come back at night or whatever. It's like feral kids. So um, my dog was crazy. Yes, free range kids. So I got a a bark collar that um, just did not work. It just like was – it was one of those things that like – it's called pet safe. So it's supposed to be like non abusive, right? Like nicely correcting behavior. And they have like language on their box. Like the way you communicate with your animal friend is crucial to how he communicates back or something like that. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, like elevated language for a dog, but it's supposed to be non, you know, harmful for them. So I get it. And it's just not working because it's based on his bark, and how it like elevates. So I ended up getting my friend Joe, shout out Joe, got mm-hmm. me this. It's a it's from PetSafe. It's a remote trainer. So okay. it, he, my dog, you can see on the video, you he already got into it. Chewed okay. it. He's so <laughs> smart. He knew this was what I was using to correct his behavior. So he was like, yoink, and he took it outside and started chewing it up. Oh wow. But uh luckily it still works. Uh but it is a uh it has all these different modes like vibrate and tone and also static shock. Mm-hmm. And um what what it does is I know it sounds crazy, but it just kind of like bothers him when he's barking. Okay. And it doesn't like hurt him or anything. It just goes around his neck okay. and then it distracts him from what he's obsessively barking over and okay. it's the only i've tried three different ones yeah and this is the only thing that's worked so if you have a very verbal dominant top as your pet <laughs> that will call you homophobic slurs <laughs> get yourself one of these pet safe remote trainers it really does work and it is actually safe for your dog like I've, I'm up to like level It goes from level 1 to 15 Yeah And he's so like manic That I have to go up to 15 It doesn't hurt yeah. It just like distracts him From whatever he's like Obsessing over So What's it called again? It's called PetSafe Remote Trainer Okay Um And um Yeah bitch Get into it Get into it Um My bitch get into it this week Is also a part of A highlight But My bitch get into it is Last minute get togethers 
I will say that we as a culture are obsessed with the GCAL invite. We are obsessed with planning and like, especially with around entertaining. Like if you're a host person, you really do go off and you kind of spiral about like, what you kind of spread you're going to have, what you're going to have, amount of people that are you're going to have. And like, you really want to make sure that everyone is taken care of and you put a lot of pressure on yourself, especially if you are someone that likes to host and mm-hmm. or if you're someone that hates to host because of that same pressure. I had a, I've, I've lately been pushing this last minute get together because I can't get it together far enough to be like in two weeks, you should, I should come in a month out. This is the occasion, blah, blah, blah. And mm-hmm. honestly, the last minute get together, like I'm talking about three, four days before you're like, hey, what are you guys doing this weekend? If, mm-hmm. if like you send it out to a bunch of people, three people respond. Those people are the ones that are getting together. And it's easy. That's it. And that's it. And like, how about mm-hmm. this? Because it's a last minute get together. There's no pressure on you. There's no pressure on the from the people that are coming because mm-hmm. it's because they don't they know it's a last minute thing. We're just going to swing by. Yeah. It's very casual. The casual Gosh. last minute get together. Highly recommend. I would say mm-hmm. that because like we are so often so highly scheduled people like when you have a free minute and you kind of are feeling up to it. Why the fuck not? Like truly, mm-hmm. that is the only way that now because I've been pushing it, I've been able to see a lot of my friends, especially my mom friends. Like if you have a. If there's a window, it's just like, yeah, let's just come over. You don't have to make it a thing. There needs to be no, there doesn't need to be an activity. There doesn't need to be a theme. There doesn't need to be like a fucking cheese platter. A spread. A spread. Absolutely not. Just Just a couple of LaCroix and a fucking hot Cheetos and you're good to go. Thank you. Some yeah. chips and dip, you're good. I love and, a, I love a last minute get together. I absolutely. hate things. I'm improv two queen, okay? Because most <laughs> times I don't want to plan anything because mm-hmm. guess what? When you plan something, you start having expectations. And when you have expectations, you get let down. Absolutely. And I'm not trying to be the reason I get let down. I and I always let myself down. I'm obsessed with letting myself down. I and I love so to be dis- good at it. I and I am. And I love yeah. to be a disappointment. So yeah. like I think I <laughs> I love being disappointed. I love to be a disappointment, but like the last minute nature of it not only ensures that it happens because th- how often have you made a big deal of something and it's like a month and a half, six weeks, a month out and like people start dropping like flies. Oh no, this came up. This came up. This came up. And all of a sudden you're pl- you've planned for um, a gathering of 15 and yeah. eight people show up. Like that shit hurts versus last minute get together. It's small. It's informal. And honestly, because there aren't the expectations, people just like have more easy fun. You're yeah. not having this expectation to be like, what's going on in your life? Catch up. It's just Detox. casual. Yeah. yeah. You're just having conversations. That's nice. Yeah. And that's and that's how we sustain. That's how I think the easiest way to sustain real relationships with friends that you don't see that often. That's uh, the last minute impromptu thing. I really do miss because LA, that's not the culture. It's yeah. very GCAL focused. It's very like planning focused, mm-hmm, invite mm-hmm. focused. Yes. And it's like we have a social calendar and this is yes. what we do. Now, something that my friends and I established recently, and this is an additional bitch get into it as an yeah. addendum to yours, yeah. because in LA, it doesn't really work. Mm-mm. But a way that we've circumvented it with me and my friends is we have a standing event. Oh, so we have a 5 p.m. Uh, at a bar. Yes. Uh, and on Monday nights at 5 p.m., we meet at a bar and mm-hmm. it's open. So we'll show up when we show up. The number of us might be different. Who can show up? Who wants to? Who's feeling mm-hmm. too tired? But it is a thing to 
feel in a city like LA more rooted in a city because there's something consistent happening and there's something that is always there. So it's yes. like also low pressure. Like you don't have to show up if you don't want, if you're feeling, but there's something happening that Monday night, every night. So you can show up and something will be there. So it's almost that. like, yeah, there, it feels like a communal situation mm -hmm. that like we kind of don't have much of. So try that. All right, that's Bitch. our show for the week. Thank you so much. Bitches, get into all of that. And um, check out the Patreon. We uh, recorded a bunch of new episodes, so please check out the Patreon. Um, and reach out to us on uh, 2 kimscomedy at gmail.com if you have some Tramalama ding-dongs. And otherwise, mm -hmm. we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.